Not Pan Pan. No, Shag. Shagalicious, yeah. Pan Pan. Pan Pan. Pan Pan. Pan Pan. Pan Pan. Tom. Pan Pan. Pan Pan. when he sees me next. <laughs> Salutations and welcome to the pilot episode of Man or Pan Pan in association with Batgirl to Oracle. My name is Kimberly Rockmore and I am the host of this investigative podcast dedicated to sussing out the true origin of Thomas Wayne Panaris. Man or Pan Pan will look into every detail of Tom's life from zygote to mangote and everything in between. Now, during my time working in Washington, D.C., I had heard rumors of the mysterious Pan Pan, and I was immediately intrigued. What better way to start this show than with interviews and testimonials from people who have had different experiences with the Pan Pan? Why was he given this name? Where does he hail from? Is he a creature or a man? Does he eat shoots and leaves? These questions are just the tip of the iceberg, and throughout this podcast life, I will be dedicated to finding the answers. Let's listen now to some of these first-hand experiences with the mythological creature Pan Pan. Hello, Stella. My name is Harold Humphreys, and I, I live on a little plot of land in the backwoods of Minnesota. Now, now, one day I was walking up the hill to pick blueberries with my granddaughter. And her father, my son-in-law, he's, he's Greek, you know. He's filled her head with all these stories about the gods and monsters and all this nonsense. Well, as it were, here we are picking blueberries and we stumble upon this fellow just laying there. He must have been eating fermented blueberries because he was out cold. Well, I got to shaking him a little bit, and in a drunken stupor, he tells me his name is Tom, and he's out here in Minnesota for teaching purposes. Of course, I don't trust him. Then my granddaughter shouts out, Pan Pan. She keeps on saying it over and over and pointing at him, and sure enough, he has some kind of flute with him. Now, I'm really no expert in these things, and I started thinking maybe this is the real deal. And in all my days, I've never seen someone quite like him on my land. And so that was the day that I started believing those Greek myths. And that was the day that I met Pan Pan. So, yeah, I remember the uh, first time that 
I heard about uh, Pan Pan, or uh, Pan Pan, as he's known internationally. Um, uh, Pan Pan, or Pan Pan, was a member of a traveling group of, um, of circus performers who were really just a family of grifters that would... Um, the reason they were international was because they often would, would um, rob villages of their their goods and then travel to the next city and it just they were eventually just run out of countries altogether until they settled in the united states in about 90 and that's when um i think bon bon became pan pay became anglicized when he came to the united states and then just uh, i think he just changed his name to tom um and was it kind of found his way uh into the panarese family i don't know how um just coincidence i guess Maybe just looked up Pan in the yellow, in the, in the white pages, and then they were nice and adopted him. But yeah, oh yeah, he's he's uh, just a garbage person, it's thieving and lying all the time. I bet I I think uh, I think Bon Bon just means like a liar, liar, or thief, thief, um, or bad podcaster. I don't know. Well, thanks for having me on, Kimberly. I really appreciate this. And, I, you know, given that it's, you know, Tom's birthday, I thought it would be a great chance to sort of dispel the, the myth and the rumors about this nickname of his. Now, I can personally vouch for the fact that Tom Pan Pan Panaris has had this nickname for a long time. A lot of people don't know this, but I used to live down the street from Pan Pan's aunt, Aunt Petunia. And uh, now this is, this is a while back, keep in mind. Uh, in, this, in fact, back then I used to wear an onion on my belt because that was the style at the time. And Tom would go visit his Aunt Petunia in the summers. And you know, you know what it was like back then when we were kids? We would stay out all day till it got pitch black. And then finally we'd have to go in at, at nighttime. And you know, parents didn't care. Kids just were outside playing. They were you know, eating bags of glass, you know, whatever we did back then. But anyway, I remember very clearly most nights we'd be out there playing spin the bottle. And Aunt Petunia would come out right as, right as the sun was going down, right as it gets to twilight. I, she would stick her head out the door and yell, Pan Pan, time for Din Din, and Tom would have to go. So, you know, right there, I can tell you he's had the nickname at least that long. And that was, I think, what's his birthday? So, hold on. Got to take my shoes off. Yeah, that's about 65 years. Yeah. So, it's about 65 years now he's had that nickname. And here's the crappy thing to, to know is that living next door to Aunt Petunia was this guy named Eugene. Now, we used to call him Stinky Gene. And Eugene actually went on to form a business, and that business is Little Caesar's Pizza. So here he was. He stole the Pan Pan name from Tom. It turned into a marketing slogan. Tom could have been a millionaire with that thing, but instead, Stinky Gene got rich. And the important thing to take away from the story is that I had an onion on my belt because it was the style of the time. So, Kimberly, thanks again. Tom, happy birthday, buddy. I hope you – what? It's not his birthday? Yeah, who cares? I don't. He's not going to listen to this anyway. So, thanks. a name I've not heard in a long time. Long time. I knew Pan Pan. 
He was the best new Teen Titans fan in America. I wanted to tell you about him when you were old enough, but Shag wouldn't allow it. He thought you might follow old Pan Pan on some damn fool idealistic crusade, like podcasting about literature. That's right, Pan Pan was a podcaster, a guardian of peace and justice in the United States, before the dark times, before the Trump administration. After that, Pan Pan went into hiding on a remote settlement in the Outer Rim. If there's a bright center of the universe, Charlottesville, Virginia is the city that it's furthest from. He started calling himself Tom Panarese not long after that. He became kind of a strange old hermit, teaching high school English and podcasting about Robin and the Vietnam War. But all the while, he kept a watchful eye on a child of destiny, someone who might bring balance back to podcasting, a child called Moose. Hi, this is Rob Kelly from the Fire and Water Podcast Network, and I'm here to talk about how I know Tom Panneries. Well, it's a funny story. Uh, We don't have a lot of time, so I'll just give you the highlights. It was back in the 70s when him and I were both working for the Washington Post. Tom was covering the education beat, and I was working on my humor strip, Mark Trail Mix. And uh, one day, all the reporters happened to be out of the office when our editor, Ben Bradley, needed someone to cover a speech by President Nixon. We got the assignment. Like as I said, we were the only two people in the office. And while I did uh, funny doodles of the president and his cabinet, it was Tom that wrote a blistering article pointing out all the lies that Nixon was spreading around at the time. The article was published, and then the very next day, President Nixon did a press conference where he panned Tom's reporting. And after that, our editor, Ben Bradley, good-naturedly referred to Tom as Pan Pan, and that's how he has that nickname to this day. We both eventually left the paper. Tom became a teacher and a top-flight podcaster. And every time I watch All the President's Men, I can't help but think about the times that Ben Bradley used to call Tom Pan Pan. How did Ben Ben get his name, you ask? Well, I tell you. The year was 1985. It was a Miss Macross competition. And the finalists were Jan Morris and a 16-year-old Chinese girl. Just before she was about to sing, a greased-up hairy man ran out in a speedo, wearing a cooking pan over his head. The crowd was shocked, horrified. And then he sang and began to melt our hearts. This is a recording of the performance that made Pan Pan an overnight sensation.
His close friends and I have known each other for many, many years. It's it's a it's a long time, a long time. It it was the summer after my first year of college, and me and this other guy that I was kind of friends with at the time had gone to this. It wasn't Nantucket, but it was kind of like Nantucket. It was like a little little island town. And on the way there, uh, I was this guy just jumps into our vehicle and says to to drive away. He's being chased by bikers, and it was really weird. I didn't quite understand what was going on, but that's that's how I met Tom Panaris. Is uh, he jumped into my car, and I was kind of hurting because you know my girlfriend had just broken up with me, and everybody and their freaking mother wanted to, you know, just hook up with her after that. And Tom was really understanding about that. But we, you know, became friends on that island, and we hung out during the course of the summer. And it turns out that this really good-looking girl that we were both kind of into at the time, because we were both single, this is back when we were teenagers, uh, (laughs) well, I was 19, but I guess that still counts as a teenager. But we we were both kind of into her, but she was kind of, you know, keeping us at a distance, because I think she really liked this other guy. But her uncle owned this, like, rec center, like this community center, and this rich douchebag was going to shut it down. And Tom and I, you know, we were just not having any of that, because it was just a complete injustice. This rec center was like the heart of this community. It's where everybody hung out. It's where kids went after school. And we really wanted to hook up with this girl. I cannot stress that enough. Um, You know, I'd like to sit here and tell you that we were trying to do this out of the goodness of our hearts, but I'd be lying to you because we just... I mean, she kind of looked like Demi Moore, and that's all I'm going to say. Demi Moore before striptease, you know, before you know she was kind of a horror show. So anyways, we ended up getting into this regatta. Now, I know all about sailing, okay? 
I know nothing about it, but Pan Pan, man, that dude, you know, not only did we build that boat from scratch and stole this douchebag's, uh, the motor to his sports car to use as it, but he taught everybody how to sail. And it was just, it was just amazing. So, now, the problem was, is that he taught us how to sail, but we completely sucked. And the rec center ended up getting closed, and the girl ended up going off with the other guy. So, you know, like, on that level, the summer was a complete waste. But, on the plus side, Pan Pan and I became friends. And I will always remember that. The summer of 95. That and Mortal Kombat. But, but mostly, getting our kicked in a regatta because you know I was you know sucked as a sailor and the rec center getting closed and uh, I think a homeless guy got shot I'm not sure anyways Pan Pan and I have been friends for years and that's how we met so that's all I have to say about that Tells it's Prof Prof here, and boy, have I got a story for you. This happened while I was doing a stretch up at Sing Sing. And just as an aside, let me say never take financial advice from Martha Stewart. Be that as it may, I'm there one day getting some grub, I think it was lunch hour, and I'm just sitting there with Don Don Gramp, and then we see him. The new guy, big guy, well, big forehead mostly. And one of the first things we do is we got to figure out a nickname for him. Me and Don Don are tossing some ideas around. We're leaning towards bald, bald, of course, because, you know, ain't that creative at Sing Sing. And all of a sudden, Bam Bam Bertoni has got to make his presence known. And he jumps him. And they start throwing down. Next thing we all know, those guys are rumbling all the way back into the kitchen. There's punching, there's kicking, there's hair pulling. Well, you know, the new guy, his his hair wasn't pulled because on account of not having any. Oh, but Bam Bam is really starting to take them apart. But the new guy, he finds himself backed up against one of the stoves and on him. Two frying pans full of boiling hot oil. And before you know it, that boiling oil is in Bam Bam's face. And the new guy is just wailing at him with these two big pans. From then on, let me tell you this. Nobody messed with Pan Pan. After listening to all these, it is clear that more questions are raised than answers. 
Only time will tell whether Tom Penares is man or Pan Pan. As I leave you, let me give you this advice: If you encounter Pan Pan on the street, tell him from me and everyone at Man or Pan Pan and Backworld Oracle as well. April Fools. Obsession. His obsession with the. His fixation on the. Obsession, fixation. Obsession, fixation. Obsession, fixation. But, uh, Bulbab, Baobab, the Baobab tree, the Baobab, Bulbab, but, uh, Baobab, the Baobab tree, the Baobab, Bulbab, Bulbab, Baobab, the Baobab tree, the Baobab, Obsession, fixation. Bulbab. Baobab. The Baobab tree. The Baobab. Obsession, fixation. Obsession. Baobab. The Baobab tree. The Baobab. His obsession with the. His fixation on the. His obsession with the. Fixation on the, but uh.